This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Melina. We are internet friends turned real life friends who both experienced the tragic loss of our sons to sudden infant death syndrome in winter of 2021. In the year after Aiden died, my husband and I both became unemployed, my parents divorced, and we had to move five times for various reasons. And as for me, just a few weeks before my son Quinn died, my then husband had come out to me as a transgender woman and were subsequently divorcing. It's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But as long as we're living, we will love our son deeply and work to make sure that we live a life that makes them proud. Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. I am a disaster. I know. And it makes me feel good because I feel like, I feel like recently I've been the one who's always like forgetting that we have these recordings and showing up late and (laughs) well, here I am. I am a mess. I know, but you had a facial. So do you feel a little better? I feel so much better after the facial. I really just needed some self-care. I think I need about a hundred times more self-care than, than I just received from the, from the spa. Honestly, I think that I think I'm in a hole that self-care can't dig me out of. I think I just got to move through it, but the self-care helps. I think you need probably two or three days of doing nothing and just lying in bed. Yes. You'll feel better, but you need, you really didn't get you. It was like the weekend was your time to recharge, except you had the opposite of recharging. That's right. So now you're in a deficit. Yes. I'm in a deficit. That's right. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You are in a deficit. To give our listeners a little, little insight into what's been going on with me. So I've had kind of a busy, hard week, some good things, some bad things. The first bad thing was that I encountered a Mother's Day display and that kind of set me off. Um, You know, Mother's Day is a complicated holiday for a lot of people. Um, A lot of people have lost mothers. A lot of people have uh, complicated relationships with their moms. People are trying to get pregnant and can't. And then obviously, you know, in our community, we have children and we've lost children. So it's very painful. Um, There's also the LGBT community where, you know, just difficulty surrounding their relationship to these very gendered holidays. And, you know, that plays out in my life a little bit on the periphery. Um, And, you know, I just, I wasn't prepared for that. I think I didn't, I knew Mother's Day was coming, but I didn't see it, but I didn't see it on the horizon. It just kind of like smacked me in the face, you know. You weren't prepared. I was not prepared. So that happened. And yeah, I was going to say, and you went to a wedding this weekend. Yeah, I went to a wedding this weekend and it was so beautiful. Um, you guys on this, on this podcast have heard me talk about my friend Leah, my wonderful, wonderful friend Leah, who I adore. Um, she got married a couple of days ago on Saturday and it was a beautiful wedding, a beautiful ceremony. They're so in love. I'm so happy for them. And I'm miserable. (laughs) Well, I know that I've talked about this before, but like, I feel like our people are the graveyard people, not the, not the like happy people. And so sometimes it feels like so much effort to be with the happy people 
because it takes so much for me to externally be excited you know what I mean like yeah put me in a funeral and I will be the <laughs> most comfortable I will be I, I will be the best you yes. want me at your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I will be kick-ass I know what to say I know what to do I know how to act but then you like put me in a wedding and I feel so out of place yeah you know I, mean, I just feel uncomfortable you were saying recently you've been you've been talking to somebody who recently had a stillbirth and you said you know it feels so good I know what to say it does feel good to and know you know we live in a society where people don't talk about loss we don't talk about baby loss at all and mm -hmm. so Judith and I both kind of feel like we've been given this gift of the the We've been, we were able to help people who are experiencing this. And it feels so nice to have that skill. But what we've lost is the skill to be around normal, happy people like that. Those skills are, you can't have both, I think. <laughs> right. No, I think it's, it's, well, okay, hold on, pause for a minute. I think I, we can dive into this a, a touch more because it's kind of like when, you know, you tell people, I'm so happy for you. That means that you have enough happiness in your heart. Not only do you have enough to store for yourself, but you have enough to share with someone else. Like their joy is spurring more joy in your heart. It's overflowing. It, That's right. It, you know, and I think I'm, I know that when people say, I know this is so difficult. I'm thinking about you. I feel for you. What they're saying is I feel so much sadness in my heart that I am holding a piece of your sadness. So I'm giving you and I'm feeling your sadness. I'm taking it in. I have a lot of space in my heart to feel other people's sadness right now. Like I have a lot of space in my heart to hold it, but I don't have a full cup of happiness. And so to generate more, to say, I'm so happy for you to be able to feel so happy that I can partake and take a piece of yours. And, you know, I don't have that. I can't share right now in joy in the way that I can with sadness. And I think that's another loss. That's like a really, that's a really good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Like, so I'll give you an example. Like, you know, at weddings, there's, you know, people are seeing people they haven't seen in a long time. There's so much excitement to be around, you know, old family members, old friends, and everybody's, you know, getting together and taking photos. And, you know, we walked into the reception and Kaylee and I took a picture with our dead son's photo on the dead people table. Right. Like that's who we were like reunited with and taking a picture with at our wedding was our dead kid at the memorial table, which or, or first of all, first of all, I want to just like really make super clear that it was a beautiful way to include Quinn in the day. I'm so grateful to Leah and Tim for including Quinn. They asked if that was okay. We both said, yes, I'm so happy they did that. That said, um, it was a gut punch to see him there because he was a little baby among a bunch of older people. Like, wow, was that tragic? It was a gut punch every single time I watched somebody go up to the table and see a baby and gasp. And, you know, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want that to be, <laughs> you know, who I'm taking pictures with at the wedding. Also, there's a lot of small talk. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You see people you haven't seen in five years and they're going to be like, oh my God, what have you been up to? <laughs> Can I say like one other thing that was like really painful was I was listening. I was overhearing all these conversations of like small talk and everybody being like, oh, what's, what's up? I haven't seen you since so-and-so's wedding. Like, oh, like what's new with you? Like, and my friend got this sweet puppy who is so cute, but she was like, oh, you know, can you believe the puppy is seven months old now? And I thought, oh my God, her dog is older than my dead child. Her dog is older than your dead child. But I also find it funny that like, <laughs> 
what do you smell? I don't know. But like, I got a puppy. Well, I got a baby, but then. <laughs> but then the baby. Died. They weren't right, talking exactly. to me, to be clear. They know my whole but, deal, but they, I was just overhearing <laughs> it among other people. And I think, okay, so that's also one thing. And then, I mean, you lost your relationship also this year. And so to be in a space where there are people getting married and love, like that's triggering too. So I think that you were triggered from all sides. Like I really was. I, I would be lying if I said this was only about the baby. It definitely, I think I was, I think honestly what it was is I was prepared for the sadness around Quinn and I really was seeing his ghost everywhere. I was less prepared for the sadness about my marriage and honestly kind of the, I missed the innocence of the person who went to weddings and believed that they were going to be together forever always. And I do believe that Lee and Tim are going to be together forever, but there's a piece of me that I just miss the person who wasn't jaded about, about it. And it's painful. It's painful to have gone through a wedding a wedding ceremony, all of that to have believed with all my heart at the time that that was going to be it for me. I was so happy, you know, and seeing them so happy. I'm like, oh, like, you know, it's just like, I don't even know what to say about it. I think everybody probably understands what I'm saying. There's no part of me that has any doubts about their relationship. Truly. They're wonderfully happy. This has nothing to do with them. I mean, Leanne, nothing to do with them. This has to do with you. They are going to, you know, like sometimes I think this when I see other people, like they're going to be fine. Alina, they get to be happy. They get to have their happily ever after. They don't need your empathy because they have a family and you do not. <laughs> so That's they, it. they won just, the game. <laughs> they won. And I lost. Boy, did I lose. You lost. Um, right. Let me just tell you though, too, like I'm actively working on in therapy right now, like the idea of, of moving on and being in a serious relationship again. So like, I think I have a lot of wounds open right now the Mother's Day wound, the relationship wound. And I think it was kind of just a perfect storm. And I've, I've really been suffering the last week. I've really, really been suffering the last week. Like it's been pretty bad, pretty bad. So, What are you going to do to self-care tomorrow? Well, really what I should do is take off of work and do nothing. But here's the other we- thing, Judith. Last yeah. night I left work early and I got home. And I was extremely distressed because I had way too many hours to fill. Like I was, I was like desperate for like a baby to take care of. You know what I mean? Like I was really feeling just like, what a waste of a person I am. Uh, And I I know, I know we don't need, nobody needs to be like, oh, you know, you're not a waste of a person, blah, blah, blah. Like I felt like a waste of a person. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. You know what helps me when I feel that feeling? like building something or like painting something or planting something like nurturing something like creating something so it's like oh I'm not just like a waste of a person like I add value I like added something to the world like you you needed a purpose to your point I did play the piano for like 20 minutes and I I did feel some relief after that so that's a really good I think that's probably for that reason it just sucks I just know how it feels it's just really hard. Yeah. And I think like not everybody wants children, but as someone who has always wanted children and is 31, I, I should be having a child to take care of right now. Like setting aside the fact that my child died, like even if I didn't have all of that, I would already be feeling like, oh my gosh, like what am I supposed to do with my hands? Like I, I, I should be 
tending to my child because that's something that I want. Not everybody wants it, but I do. Then, of course, you add in the layer of I should have an 18-month-old just like careening around the house making like messes everywhere and, you know, should be changing diapers and all of that. My time um, in these past couple of days where I have felt so overwhelmed with kind of the bad feelings, it's just been so, I've been so acutely aware of the lack of someone to take care of Yeah. besides myself. I feel like I have no direction. That's not true in normal times, but I do feel that right now. You know what you would tell me? What? You would say to me, that makes sense, but it doesn't always feel this way. That's what you always say. That is what I would say. That's how you feel this week. And like, I understand why you feel that this week. It makes a lot of sense to me, but not every week is this bad. Not every day is bad. You, this feeling, one of the reasons why I think this feeling is so hard is because you don't feel it every day. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to tell you you're not a waste of space. And like, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter what I think. What matters is like that you feel that way. And I have so felt that way. Oh God, there's so many times where I get into bed at seven o'clock or eight o'clock and I'm like <laughs> nothing to do for hours. Hours. Yeah. Hours. How many times can I watch Johnny Depp's trial? How many Judith, times can I? have seen all the documentaries. There's You've none seen left. You've seen all the documentaries. There's none left. You've seen all of them. Or like, how, many, I, how much news can I watch on Russia? Like, not that much. I, I, I You know, like, just there's <laughs> empty hours. So many empty hours. It's just... Yeah. I know that feeling so well where I'm like acutely aware of the fact that I, I want my life to look differently. That's right. Yeah. I want my life to look differently. Um, I, I think it would be helpful to you if you plan some sort of self care tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea for sure. I got to think about what it is because I'm really feeling. Why don't you go to that foot massage place? Here's what I was just about to say. Every single time I leave my house, I'm bombarded with Mother's Day shit. And when I was at the spa today, it was bad, Judith. Maybe someone come to your house. It's worth a shot. Yeah. Have something in your house or maybe get a different candle, a new candle. Yeah. Do a bubble bath. Oh, yeah. I should take a bath. I should take a bubble bath. Sometimes I find that changing my physical surroundings in some ways helps me change my mental surroundings. Like I'll put on makeup and I'll get dressed and sometimes that helps or I'll change the smell in the room or I'll change the lighting in the room. Yeah. I do feel like lighting and can and like smell changes with candles, but it's like changes the vibe. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. You know, last week you had such a good week. I know. I know. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yes, this is why people don't want to lose their babies, Alina. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's considering it, I don't recommend it. <laughs> Zero out of five stars. Negative 500 out of five stars. I think that you and I both kind of like lost. I don't know. I feel like we both kind of been, we lost direction this week. 
And let's talk about your week. Cause you also, like, I feel like you and I haven't been in as close contact. You had Passover. So you weren't, we weren't talking. Yeah, I had Passover and, um, it was really hard, um, because my sister and her family came for Passover. Um, and she has a son that's a couple months older than Aiden. And it was really hard. Yeah. It was talk so about- hard. Talk about ghosts. Like that's about as explicit a ghost as you can get. And he was in my house touching our things. And like, he was just, it's not personal. It has nothing to do with him, you know, just this idea that like he exists, he walks, he has a relationship with his parents. Mm -hmm. He eats food. He like these things and it's hard to see. And on top of that, like Passover is such a family holiday. And like we took family pictures. One benefit of my parents getting divorced is that my family is never like all together again. So I don't <laughs> have the situation where it's like, oh, everyone is here except for Aiden. It's like <laughs> no one is there's never a scenario where they're all here at the table. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a blessing. Um, but you know, they took pictures, all the cousins. Um, and Aiden wasn't there. And my niece and nephew had a debate at the table about how many people are in my family. Is it five, me, my husband, my son, my daughter, and my dog, or is it three, just me, my husband, and my daughter? Like Mm -hmm. there was like this debate at the table between my niece and nephew. And because Rosie's a dog and Aiden's dead, right? There's three people in my family and I understand they're just kids and they're processing but part of being around kids who are processing is they just like say things and they don't even realize that it could be hard and that was really hard and painful and um I don't know like it was so hard for me to see my nephew with my sister it was hard for me to see how much he loves her and how he didn't want to leave her arms and just I think I forget sometimes what I'm missing because I don't see it and because we don't have other children so we don't know but like if constantly there's a reminder that this kid can walk and crawl and say a word and it's like a constant reminder of what I'm missing yeah and it's really painful and it took a lot out of me um, and I think it just reinforced this idea that I've said so many times, but I, I really want to talk about it again, which is that babies don't replace babies. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a baby in my arms and I held on to her so tightly, but I missed my son just as much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had to go to the service for. Yeah, I had to go to the service for people who there's like a little service for um, those who are past. And the way it works is if you haven't lost an immediate family member, then you leave the room because it's really only for people who've lost children, parents, or siblings. And so everyone in the synagogue was like 50, 60, you know, like older people because they had lost parents. And I was the youngest person and my sister was sitting next to me for the service. And then when it was time for the one to honor the deceased, she got up and she left and took her kids to the child programming. And I had to stay in and say this, you know, this beautiful blessing for my son, which I think is a nice idea, but it's so painful to like watch someone that you felt like 
your life was maybe in lockstep with theirs and then theirs turns right and yours makes it thrown over a bridge yeah and you (laughs) yeah and it's like I think what's hard about it is because I can choose typically to participate or not participate in these activities like I can choose to ignore the fact that other people live a different reality but when it's your sibling and it is your family it's like how can I hide from my own family like mm-hmm. it's impossible if I want a relationship with my nieces and nephews if I want a relationship with my sister she cannot leave her one-year-old at home right that's it's right. like I have to choose between seeing something that's painful for me and something that feels good for me which is having a relationship with my nieces and nephews and my sister and her family mm-hmm. I, I don't get both anymore I no longer get to just have good feelings it's like they're all tinged with pain yeah I mean, that's, that's like this wedding too. Like I was so happy to be there. I was genuinely so happy to be there. I was so happy to see my friends. I was so happy to see how happy Leah and Tim were and to be a witness to their beautiful wedding and their marriage. But it, it's hard. It's hard. Again, that's what I was saying. Like, I wish I could be someone who is all happy at a wedding. I wish you could be someone who's all happy around your nieces and nephews. Right. The challenge with something like child loss is that you lose that relationship, but everyone else gets to move forward with theirs. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I have to watch my sister with her son and my friends with their children. And I have to watch that relationship continue and develop and develop and develop. And you're stay, you stay in the same spot with no way to relate. Well, I'll give you another example. She asked me, where is the park that kids go to? And I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. it's not like I had you know and she said she said what do you mean you don't know I was like I don't have a live park age children so I do not know where kids go to the park I think there's just a world of knowledge you just don't know that everyone around you seems to know and yeah. I think it feel I feel left out it's like one it hurts but I also feel like my peers moved on without me and yeah. I'm in the same spot I know your friends don't have as many kids so it's slightly different but it's just it's like a really shitty feeling it feels like everyone's invited to the party and you're not invited everyone else knows the pediatricians everyone else knows where the park is everyone else they all get invited to like play groups and they all get invited there's like this whole social world that comes around being a parent that I had that I dipped my toe in and then was never invited to again yeah I mean I felt that a little bit when um Julian Scott came to visit with their baby um, who she is nine months old now. And um, so she's like eating real food and everything. And of course, Quinn only ever had milk, um, breast milk. So um, we were out to brunch and I was like, can I let her try one of these potatoes? And they like looked at each other and I could tell they were like deciding and then they were like, okay. And then like, you know, Scott like took some of the outside off because it had like salt on it or whatever. And like, in my mind, I would have just like given it to her. Yeah. And I, and I think you just, there's just things that when you have a baby, you know, or when you have a living, a child who's continuing to live, you continue to learn things. Yeah. And I just, my knowledge of babies stops at three months and 27 days. Yes. And I can imagine if I had a stillborn, it's like, you're a mother, but you're, you don't have any knowledge about caring for an alive baby yeah so I can imagine that being really painful too yeah 
I think it's hard probably for people who are extroverts like myself. I think that that social component, it's hard to feel like you're falling behind your friends. It's hard to feel like everyone else is moving to like first grade, second grade, and you're stuck in pre-K. For me, it's interesting you say that because for me, it's not the moving on. It's the, I don't like to not be the one who knows the most about something. Like, I don't want to say I'm a know-it-all, but like, I always was like the one people would come to for advice and now I'm not. Yeah. For me, because I am like really social and I, it matters to me that I'm included Mm -hmm. in like social things just hurts not to know where the park is like to not be invited to the park even though I don't want to go to the park and I probably would never go to the park but like no one invites me to go to the park (laughs) no one invites me to go to the park I said something to you over text and we've we've talked about this a bunch but I really feel like the theme of what we're talking about right now which by the way we had no plan for what we were going to talk about today we're just rambling I really feel like the theme of what we're talking about is like I think people who haven't had a loss like this assume that the hardest days are the saddest days. And actually a lot of the time it's the normal and the happy days that are really hard. They catch you off guard. They really catch you off guard. The ones that are supposed to be happy are sometimes the worst. Yes. Without a doubt, the happy days are way harder. Yeah. Way harder. That's why holidays are so hard. I mean, when you gave birth, it was so hard. You missed Aiden so much. Of course, of course you did. When I think about my birth with Aiden and my birth with my daughter, it's it makes me sad because I was so happy when he was born and I was so sad when she was born. Yeah. Yeah. That's just another loss you had. Yeah, it's just more. We don't we get don't, to be normal. We don't get to be normal. So that has been hard. That's why I think I've been a little MIA these past week dealing with my family being in town. Um, And my in-laws are coming to town this week. And that's, you know, no one got to meet Aiden because of COVID and because he was alive for such a short time. And so like every time that this baby meets another family member, it makes me like sad that Aiden didn't get yeah. to meet that family member. I'm sad that I don't have my memory of my nephew with Aiden. I get sad about that. So it's yeah. like, these are joy. Like we said, these are joyous moments, but they're tinged with sadness. Know. You know, this actually reminds me of a Jewish tradition. Mm. If you don't mind, you'll give me a, a moment to <laughs> indulge myself. Please share so I can add it to my list of things that I know that I shouldn't know. <laughs> Um, did I talk about this at, at Jewish weddings? So do you know how they smash the glass? Of course. Okay. Do you know what that's for? No. Okay. So the reason that we smash the glass is to symbolize the destruction of um, the temple thousands and thousands of years ago, which is like an abstract idea because we don't really know what a temple is now. But the point is that <laughs> there was like this massacre of Jews that were exiled and besieged and killed in a million different ways and um and to remember that horrific event we smash the glass as a symbol of something breaking and shattering because even on our happiest and joyous most joyous days we're still a little sad that that happened and that's why 
we smashed the glass and I never, and it's kind of a solemn moment. I mean, traditionally um, it's, you take a moment and they sing this song about how we've been exiled from our land and then they smash the glass. And the whole point is just to remember the sad that even when we're happy, we're also a little bit sad. And I don't think I really related to it until Aiden died. And now I really get it. Like, you, yeah, that's really beautiful. I think uh, you should have, yeah. you should have smashed a glass in the delivery room. Would have been like a big hit, I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I do think that that moment, like maybe the way, okay, this is what I would say. Maybe the way to integrate this loss into our lives is to say, like, I'm so happy, but I'm also so sad. Like, can anyone else sit with me? Like, can we take a moment to be so sad and, like, acknowledge that this is really sad and hard as opposed to having to put on a happy face? Yeah. I think sometimes that feels more comfortable than just trying to, like, plow through and smile. Yeah. I find that what happens to me is I get really withdrawn. Mm -hmm. I just get quiet. I don't think I spoke very much this holiday. Like I just kind of got quiet because I was sad. Yeah. It's hard to be sad when everyone else is happy. It's hard to be sad when everyone else is happy. Well, on that note, where this is going to be coming out on uh, May 2nd, which is the day after. So yesterday is was Bereaved Mother's Day. And... Six days from now, at the time this episode's coming out, is Mother's Day. So I guess I just want to say to everyone listening, if this is a really hard time for you, we see you. It's really hard for us, too. We are feeling it along with you. So, yeah, it's brutal. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at aslongasimlivingpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at aslongasimlivingpodcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay!